want to welcome everyone to our second day of Bookseller Summer Camp. Um, uh, we're happy to have you here. If you were able to join us yesterday for Christina Baker Klein and Larry Watson in conversation, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was really something um, really great. It's always so great to see a to have two books that really have nothing to do with each other, but to find those commonalities. And um, I thought Valerie did a wonderful job hosting. The video of that event is live now on um, mountainsandplains.org, mountainsplains.org. So you can find the, um, watch the event if you missed it. Um, uh, tomorrow, just to, just to be aware, we'll be doing um, our Up Your Online Marketing Game, uh, which we'll be talking about websites, social media, and email marketing for your bookstores. So join us for that. Um, that's sponsored by Shelf Awareness, and um, one of the Shelf Awareness email experts will be joining us, Christiane. Um, we also just put registration live for our Macmillan editors next Thursday. So um, there's lots of stuff happening next week, so check all of that out, and then you can register for the Macmillan event. Um, as I said, we have our Bookseller Summer Camp t-shirts that just have been shipped. So you can get an order in right now um, for the next batch to be shipped if you want a t-shirt. And they're very inexpensive, but all the proceeds go to Bink. So with that um, out of the way, I just want to say um, thanks to Franklin Fixtures and to Lisa Yurick for being here today. We're very excited about our um, education today. Um, in this crazy time, um, how to rock safe bookstore operations. So I'm going to just um, turn it on over to Lisa for the presentation. Thanks very much. Your questions in the Q&A, everyone. Thank you, Heather. This is so exciting to be at summer camp. I haven't done that for many years. And honestly, it's, it's hard for this year to feel like summer camp, but there are some fun moments and we grab them. I changed the title to say how to rock safe bookstore operations in the now, because I'm not sure what to call right now, but it's now. And, and I know some things about it that we all desire to bounce back and to get to make up some lost time that we've had this spring and that we're still having uh, and to see a bounce back and to, we want to be so many good things. I, I, I'm always about grabbing the things you want to build on. Um, and we have seen so many good things this spring. I think every person I've talked to, despite the, the difficulty and despite all of the hardship that they've been to, there's been a clarifying of things that uh, we're going to build on from a physical space kind of thing. We, you are the safe zone. You are the place. Um, how heartening it is to, to watch that happen in every circumstance uh, during the spring. And you're still creating community. We're creating community. Um, Summer camp creates community. So I love that. And I also understand that our needs have a hierarchy when we're talking about fixtures or when we're talking about our physical spaces. I think we're here. We're all familiar. Most of us are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the idea that safety and you know, security needs, physiological needs have to be met first. And then you can move on to safety. And then you can think about things like love and belonging and, and who am I all the way up to living your best life. And I think uh, circumstances like this kind of take us back down to the orange zone and um, you know that how do I survive this week how do we make it next week um, this is what keeps us on the phone with the SBA every day since March 19th uh, but we're finding things so I'm very cognizant of, of that and as, as well on another piece of context that we're not seeing our concerns in the same way whether um, there's a whole bunch of things in the ether that I don't have to explain, but um, 
you know, just knowing that we're in an environment where even our families don't see things the same way and our friends and our communities, uh, it makes it hard and, and it may not change everything, but it certainly impacts everything. Um, at our work, we're working in masks and we're working differently. We're teaming differently. Uh, we're working on individual tables and in, in your workspaces, you're merchandising differently and um, sharing experiences differently and doing all of that in a context of reduced sales and financials that are difficult and things that are distracting and, um, and, and dissonant. And um, you're doing beautifully. You're really doing beautifully. So I want you to think about, um, first of all, congratulate yourself for being here right now because I recognize that that is tough. Uh, second, I'd like you to take a piece of paper and use this opportunity. Give yourself the gift of thinking about something that is not in the urgent and important box, but something that's important um, and maybe not urgent this second, uh, but will be urgent uh, for, the, for the viability and, and of all that you intend to do. So take a piece of paper and draw your space. Uh, or at least be prepared to make some notes about your space because this is about you and your space. And I'd like by the end of this hour for you to be able to take at least one thing, just one, anything else would be overwhelming. One thing that you can do uh, that's going to change the way you're thinking about your space or the way you're working. We're sort of pushing three workshops into one. I, I, as I looked at this, I thought that's a heck of a lot of content. So I'm going to go kind of fast. So I hope you do uh, lots of chats and lots of questions. Um, there's three big things that we're going to cover. We're going to cover the care model of store renewal and refocus. So this is really about the bigger art of what we're doing and how we're doing it together. Um, then we're going to talk about four fixture superpowers um, and look at what you have and how you leverage that better. Uh, how you make your silent sales force more effective in this moment uh, because you need them to work differently and you need them to work really, really well for you. And of course, we're, we're talking about safety and in approach, touch points and service. So three different aspects of safety from a physical standpoint, um, mostly, which creates mental safety too. So the care model is there's four steps of crafting a space, a thank you space, um, aligning with staff and customers and community, uh, doing storytelling with rigor and bringing purposeful about the energy that you're bringing into the space. Um, the other section about shelves, uh, tables, wall systems, and mobile units, those are, think of them like four, um, uh, you know, transformers or something, like four superpowers. Uh, every time you see that little guy, you'll be looking at a fixture that you probably have or have something very similar uh, to and how you can, can really supercharge that thing. But let's start with these three areas of safety focus that are so important. Um, approach and flow, touch points and service. So we're looking at three aspects. Um, talking to a friend last night who uh, is in her late 60s and has had cancer and a really rough time of it and she's a big book reader and I said, what will bring you back to the store? And she said, nothing. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's not very hopeful. Um, but I asked my daughter-in-law, who's, uh, we have a family that works with the CDC, and actually a, my daughter-in-law's sister has been working for the past decade as a leader in studying COVID, and, um, and I said, what will bring you back to a store? And she told me um, some of the exact things that we're going to be covering here. One of them is, we'll go quickly, it's about brand. Uh, very quickly, um, my colleague Joy put together a, a new brand uh, look for us. Uh, she did it 
in a very short order and without any expense, but it, it, I was inspired by the iconic ones because it signals that we're doing things differently. Um, and so I want to do this throughout the, the hour, do a thought stop for you and ask, how is your brand reflecting the current concerns, the things that you're concerned about right now? How is your brand indicating that this is a different moment? Um, because that's, that's a beginning. The other thing that my daughter-in-law, Nisa, said was that the approach she'd been on, she decided uh, after much um, pleading by her husband and her two boys that they could safely go on vacation to Amelia Island if they did a number of things to keep themselves safe. And one of them that was inspiring to her was Donna Paz's story and song. She went online. She saw all of the ways that, that they're working to keep staff and customers safe and the way they were talking about safety and being purposeful. It just gave her so much confidence, not only about going to the bookstore, but about having this whole event. Um, and I think that's within our grasp to, to really be purposeful about our language. Something that you guys have been doing so beautifully is uh, changing how you offer, you know, th this packaging of things, curbside pickup and, and what Pages is doing, you know, with these personalized little bags and such. Um, you created a whole sub flow. And I want to talk for a second about how maybe we can use this moment to be more efficient in that flow by introducing something called the eight waste. In manufacturing, we use Lean Six Sigma 8 Waste, and you can Google this. I've got a resource connect. But this is really a way of just creating continual improvement. So however this is working for you, it can probably work a bit better. Um, if you look at any one of these eight things, but all of them, defects, those are things, anything from taking a number down wrong uh, and having to repeat a credit card number or a piece of information or rewriting it a second time um, or just getting things incorrect. That is a, a, a waste that we want to figure out how to avoid. Uh, or focusing on overproduction. It may feel really productive to make a whole bunch of something um, or to order a whole bunch of something. But if you order or make a whole bunch of something, the world is changing so fast and we can end up with waste. Waiting, wasted time waiting for the next step on a process, waiting on hold, waiting on, you know, there's all manner of those. Um, we've got... Uh, transportation down there and we all recognize that one as a as a waste uh, as well as inventory uh, you want to look at fast-moving inventory um, and things that you don't pay for until you need them motion unnecessary movement you know no one's willing to pay for us to move around uh, they want to pay for a book they want to pay for an object um, and extra processing it may anything that has to that's done that gets undone even from rubber banding around a book and that gets taken away. If there's a way to do that without the rubber band, if there's a way to do it without um, this extra process, more work or higher quality than is required. And I left out non-utilized talent. Uh, Dave and I have discovered during this period the Clifton Strengths, um, C-L-I-F-T-O-N, Clifton Strengths, and it's a beautiful way of looking at people with a whole new lens and saying, what are your five big strengths and how can I feed them in this moment? Um, some examples here, you know, waiting for meetings and people. If you take 15 minutes and you take these three things, waiting, inventory, over-processing, with your team, 15, 10 minutes, you'll come up with five or 10 great ideas that will save you immediately and help you carve a little more space for a little more sales or a little more effort or a little more of the things that you want to do. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time getting to everything every day. So these kinds of improvements, I'm surrounded by people who want to improve constantly. And 
these kinds of improvements just kind of inch, you know, um, chip away at getting some extra space. So thought stop for your situation. Where would you like to get help now? Would you like to think about uh, waste elimination in packaging online orders, serving in-store guests, back of the house prep, merchandising and stock replenishment? Think about that. And if you pick one area, one thing you'd like to get more efficient in and use those eight ways can really help. If you want to look at more of that, it's free all over the place on Google, but I picked Leanpedia and a link there for you to look more at eight kinds of ways. Let's go on into the store and the approach in the store. As you think about your physical store flow, uh, one of the things that we're looking at is creating that clean, uncluttered thing, sense, like here at Barrington Books Retold. Um, you get this idea of breathing when you walk in, and you feel like, or I feel like I could walk through safely and that it can be maintained in a good way. Um, you've, you've done it on your website. You've said you're being careful. You've created an expectation. Now, creating that disinfectant regime on all the touch points that are outside, like arriving, the, the handrail, the, you know, I go into three different grocery stores and they handle this differently. And I know I feel really safe in one and not so much in another. Think about your experiences with that and how you want to translate them. Um, do you, how do you signal safety? Um, the floor plan has always mattered, our flow. And if, if you take your piece of paper that's in front of you and you draw the flow that happens in your store right now, what do you expect people to do? We've always said planograms matter. We've always said that you know mapping the flow matters. Never mattered more than now because now you can actually create some directions, some spots uh, that create distance and um, how nice to sprinkle some hand sanitizer out throughout the place. Considerations can be uh, pretty uh, dramatic. This is not a bookstore, obviously, but it does have some partitions and get us thinking about what's possible. Um, we're doing these acrylic uh, partitions for people and helping them reclaim their cafe and bistro areas, the, the, uh, doing some college campus work, uh, because if you can create the separation and the, the safety, either in a line or something, you can get people back in the spaces uh, in, in some safe ways. At least that's a potential. Um, so draw your own flow. Here's a thought. Stop and, and, and ask yourself, how do you signal safe entry and safe flow through your store? Now let's talk about this touchable environment. Uh, we've always said that people are 73% more likely to buy. That's the research something that they touch. Um, so how can we, let's borrow from the healthcare and the uh, uh, children's education areas and look at antimicrobial laminates. Say that again, antimicrobial laminates. They've been in use for many years. They're, they come in dozens and dozens of colors. Um, they're not that much more expensive than regular laminates. And, um, and there are cleaning pro protocols too with those. So the interesting thing, this is, a, this is a laminate that kills 99.99% of germs and bacteria that touch it. So if I had a piece of this on a, on a key touch point, I'd have a sign on it saying just that uh, and letting people know that we're thinking. We're doing some break rooms and such where we're like putting a, a new counter down over an old counter, um, something inexpensive that really signals thinking about um, Thinking about safety, uh, if, if you're in the market and doing something new right now, this is a good time to incorporate that into your plan. Um, 
you know, to, to consider new items and, and be able to advertise that you've been thoughtful in your children's areas and in your major touch points uh, using those kind of laminates. We are all familiar with acrylics. They create visibility and protected-ishness. Um, uh, the lovely thing about cards is they're generally in some kind of sleeve anyway. So, um, and I love this card display because you can kind of see it. So we want to think about acrylics and just really everything. These shared games, we've, it, it, everything that we've talked about, about creating community and bringing people closer and creating touch points and creating interaction, it's a bit different in this moment and and that's difficult so lots of questions of safety in every environment and touch points and between masks and disinfectant and uh, other things you've got but we've all got different situations like this browser do you put a sneeze guard on it hand sanitizer next to it how do you handle it um, you're gonna have to make those decisions based on your your community and uh, and look and, and think about everything think about pop touches uh, because everybody wants to pet this beautiful dog, and uh, that's a potential potential no-no. Um, clothing touches and how clothing is displayed, seating, browsing. Uh, there's some beautiful sanitizer sources. Locally, we have a, a, a chemical company that has transitioned into making sanitizer, but you've got distilleries and wholesale suppliers popping up everywhere in bulk, and if you can be thoughtful about how you have those around that'll, that'll be helpful there's just so much to think about Jeff Kinney's photo would look really different on our website today but mentally or physically just try to take a step back if you can and you've given yourself this moment so give yourself this moment to do that a clean slate to consider what's the flow how do you go through the space and what are the touch points and where we want people to be this is a great moment to leverage feature face out shelves if you've got them um, if you don't, they're not very, they're a, a minimal investment, but they're, they're shallow depths with high backs. And the idea is they bring it to the fore, bring your books into the light so that um, people can shop with their eyes. So we're really wanting to, to find ways. And if you, if you don't have those kind of shelves, if you find other ways to bring the books forward, lots of face outs right now so that people can really browse with their eyes. So ask yourself another thought stop. Uh, what are your, biggest touch points and what can you do to enhance safety and security at those points let's transition over to service and how we make how do we make this welcoming and social um, and remain I think our main goal is to demonstrate respect civility and Dave and I were talking last night manners just manners and the word respect comes from spec to look and re again so our opportunity with every person that with whom we interact and within our spaces is to look again uh, look at the opportunities look at what we can build on look at the relationships and look at how our physical space demonstrates respect civility and good manners um, and one of those is, is masks because masks are really about taking care of others um, it, it inevitably feels self-protective when we put them on um, but they're as much about protecting someone else as they are ourselves. So let's make them fun and uh, sell them too. Uh, print masks with your logo or with a message. I think that matters so much to say something with our masks, um, to say something that's intentional. Um, you can do that local embroidery or online ordering, uh, but reinforce your own policies with humor and consistency uh, and a good dose of grace. 
glass and acrylic in design. We've seen it in airports. We've seen it in other places. So as we think about things, we, spaces like this, we've got to ask ourselves, what do we do? Do we want to block it with an acrylic um, or keep it touchable in some way? Um, every solution is going to be custom for you. And just thinking about the forms that you can do hanging acrylics or you can do freestanding acrylics. We've seen frameless and uh, another thing, acrylics are becoming very rare in long lead times with high prices. An alternate is also a little more expensive, but it's polycarbonate. It's a little faster to get, and it's 250 times greater than, stronger than glass, 30 times greater than acrylic. So it's a very, very strong uh, substance to work with. Another consideration that is easy to do in, um, is considering partitioned approaches, like the ones you see here, either tabletop or others, to create spaces uh, for people. This is an inexpensive way to get people, um, people want to be private in public. And uh, so thinking about those kind of things. So the thought stop for review, do you want to change your approach and flow? Think about your touch points or think about the service uh, mechanisms and your physical arrangements and service so that you can still have that relationship that you treasure and that you connect with. Um, all right, we're moving to fixtures. And, and, and how your fixtures have superpowers. Four superpowers we're exploring. Shelves with their angle vision, tables with, that are waist high and know how to fly uh, or know how to help merchandise fly, wall systems that are power walls and mobile units that are trans space transformers. Um, we're looking for three things. Here's the job description. Think of each fixture like a silent sales force hire, each fixture, and ask it, are you doing your job? Are you doing everything you can in this moment to really help us um, put people in contact and connect them with these books? Do they have clarity and, clarity and composition, comprehension and connection? We're going to say those three C's. It's, it's, our, it's our three C's. Clarity and composition, comprehension and connection in all of our displays. So here's an example. On the left-hand side, you see a, a Birds of Paradise sort of display. It's got connected things. I know that at a glance, we all can see that is a display about birds. It's about exotic birds and it makes me want to look carefully. Um, people read top to bottom. So I'll see that blue bird book, not only because it's colorful and interesting, but I'll see it because it reads easily from the top, birds of paradise to the bottom. Um, on the right-hand side, also a really nice display of black authors making and exploring history. Great collection of literature here. A little harder to see. It needs something. I think it needs perhaps some color flow or perhaps a story that's told from top to bottom that helps you see it all at a glance. Um, you know, if you, can, if you can do an exercise and say, how many titles can you get in five seconds? Because we want to scan, uh, scan the environment so that we find the thing that really um, speaks to our heart and mind. Shelves and their superpower angle vision. Um, we've got a couple of photos in here from Magic City Books in Tulsa. And um, you notice the tilted bottom there gives angulation. So this uh, young woman is, um, work, is looking at that bottom shelf. She's shopping it without bending down, which is really important that people can scan the whole thing. We've got a quick question. I'm going to take a take a look at to see vendors that are doing custom mass and cash payments. We'll, we'll look at those at the end. Um, the vendors doing masks, um, I'll send you, I'll put some links up 
afterwards because there are a lot of them. Uh, local embroidery places are my favorite places to go, um, but I'll be glad to send those. So back to the angle vision here with the shelves. We have angles and the um, T-shelves. Uh, the idea with the T-shelf and the angle is, you know, not only are you protecting the books, uh, but you're creating an angle that is easy to shop with your eyes. So we're trying to create shopping that involves less touching with the hands and lets people take in more. This, this moment has the opportunity or has the potential to make us all better at what we normally do. Um, and this is some of what we normally do that works. Um, and in this moment, we need it to work really well. There are T shelves, like the ones you see at the top here. Um, and then there are L shelves and at the bottom, a tilt shelf. Uh, in this example, if you've got those, make sure that the angles are positioned well and that you're constantly reconfiguring them to work with your merchandise. They need to stay fresh. Just like you want a, an employee to get dressed differently every morning, you probably want your shelves to, to do the same. Because um, they bring a certain energy. And here's an example of two energy bits. Uh, the one on the left uh, from Story and Song has a feature face out in the middle that is really bringing a lot of nice energy because of the way the light's meeting. This is a beautiful display as well. And you notice that this is an opportunity where face outs could help uh, get things out of the shadows because things don't sell in the shadows and we want to supercharge your sales. Um, we also want to transform the spaces and the beautiful thing, if you've got mobile units, as most of us do in one way or another, you're moving them, have been moving them for events. Now think about moving them for, um, for a different flow in your store and letting them be the, 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 guiding, uh, the guiding sales force that helps folks uh, go through a flow. So use your mobile units strategically now more than ever. Uh, here's more mobile units that show clarity and composition, comprehension and connection. You can see the titles of the, of the books easily. You can see the sections easily. You can look here and see where you need to go. Um, that's the kind of clarity that we, that we all strive for, isn't it? Um, it doesn't have to be uh, modern looking. It can look warm like this, and we probably are going to separate these chairs. Um, but think about what else you're going to do in this moment, in this space, to keep it cozy while also making it clean and safe. Um, that's not a fireplace, by the way. It's a beautiful use of just some electronic candles and a screen. Um, so getting creative about spaces, you can do some, some safe things. Let's move to Waist High Will Fly. And interesting that they, the World War II Museum has some books about flying uh, there. But Waist High is anywhere from like 36 to 40 inches. Um, we've done some amazing and fun research watching, and I invite you to do your own. Look at what happens at table height with your sales and take the same books and put them someplace else at waist height. And waist height is, is you know, stand up and, and look at your waist and that of someone a little taller or shorter than you. But it's a, it's a range of waist high, waist high sales. Up, I'm seeing about 38% better sales with waist high than table high. But that's based on just a little bit of research. I'd like to do that more. Um, but I've had a couple of experiences that were just dramatic. So I'm gonna talk a lot about it. It's also a pattern language. It was identified by Christopher Alexander in the, the Pattern Languages books about waist high, how we designed our kitchens, it's all of those things. And here in Magic City Books in Tulsa, again, you see those, those big uh, square spinners. They, they've raised the, the books to waist height 
And waist high, I think, is especially interesting here in the shelf unit itself where we've got uh, the cards at waist high. So we want to keep shopping waist high. Good example of waist high and angle views here and how clear and, and good the composition is. I'm going to go just through a few vis visuals. Um, use your depths effectively. Look at how many different forms are in this picture, how many different depths. Um, angles connect with the eye and things don't sell in the shadows. I keep saying that. But uh, think about how you want to use your fixtures. In Whirlwind Books, they've got this wonderful brick slat wall wall uh, that's a beautiful focal point and a great place to put um, uh, some, some nice eye shopping. Story and Song is looking at all three with this. There's a waist high. It's a little higher than waist high, but still a really good sales height with a wall and you've got uh, angulation. So think about what you've got. If you're not using your corners, you've got a tremendous opportunity in the corners. Um, you can add money to your bottom line just by adding some sort of corner fixture. Um, doesn't have to be a professional fixture, just but find a way to use your corners. Um, and tables too. I'm, I, I encourage you to start with a blank slate. And if you've got tables that are at table height or at, at yeah, table height, which is good because sometimes you're doing events and you want to do that. A riser can, can really give you the opportunity to take things to another height. Um, a layered and collected look. If you've got lots of different fixtures from lots of different places, that's great. Just take a step back and think about what they need to do right now, what merchandise they need to carry and be uh, bold about, about rearranging things um, to work in this moment. You might just find whole new uh, ideas. I love bookies. They make, makes me want to shop the cash wrap. But again, we've got this waist high and angled display. Um, if you don't want people touching the counter, you can put things on the counter and create the space that you want them to be in from a safe standpoint. Um, again, we touch less when we can see more. So, um, but then again, we touch things that we're going to buy. You can see that one here and, uh, and here wishing tree. I love the messaging here that says this is my happy place and the idea that people would leave thinking about what we are in their society uh, and carrying that with them. Impressions, uh, there's opportunities for storytelling at the cash wrap. Again, we're kind of the, the point here is that we're using our shelves, we're using our angles to tell stories and to um, help people shop with their eyes. Um, in every photo I've got of Magic City Books, someone is standing, either interacting with a book or standing back and looking at a full display, which tells me they're reading top to bottom. Um, and that it's an easy read top to bottom, an integrated read top to bottom, so that you've got plushes and other things integrated. Here at Panassas, uh, Karen is standing next to a couple of different waist-high options, um, a very important illustration there with the riser too. I'm going to move through some of these uh, more quickly uh, because of time. But uh, the, the color flow that we see in the walls here, looking at the superpower of using your walls uh, to create a wall story with color is really nice. This wall is built with color, so it's easy to add some things to it. Um, I love this one, the wall system with a sweet voice. And look at the integrated merchandise in here and look at, the creation of we've got Pooh and Pat the Bunny and we're, we're moving forward with two or three uh, different characters and, and their lives. That's a power wall to me. That's really going to encourage shopping. Um, that's from 
my hair salon, but uh, it's a beautiful illustration of, of just creating order and the ability to look at things and sort them quickly, like here. Uh, and, you know, a card spinner is something that we're all going to touch in lots of ways, but it's also not going to sell as well as something that lets your cards spread out. They carry an energy and an organization that's just really powerful, and you'll shop top to bottom. If you've got an interesting wall like they do in Politics and Prose, using that uh, for online display and to really help people guide their eyes not only in person, but also uh, online, you can do that. You can add a base to slat wall and, and think about color. I love the color flow and the texture in these displays. I'm going to move through some of these and move to the care model quickly. Um, the care model is about crafting, aligning with rigor and energy. This is a model of renewal for your space. Um, and it came from a lot of conversations with uh, my new friend, Lisa Gazashti of Brookline Booksmith. Uh, during this time, we've been, we were meeting and we started talking about these spaces and kind of came up with this, this idea that what we're doing is we're, we're trying to care. We're trying to create a care space, a craft aligned space with rigor and energy. What do we mean craft? We want to craft your thank you space. Uh, this picture was a pop-up that Brookline Booksmith did, and she showed me this picture and told me the story um, of how people walked into this space and just breathed and said thank you. Um, they were so grateful to be in a safe haven, a beautiful space, and that's what you're offering today, right? Um, we're creating a thank you space, so let's think about that. What does your personal thank you space look like? I want you to take just a second and think about, in your mind, where is your thank you space? Where do, what does it look like? Mine is at the bottom of the hill uh, right here with, with uh, where I live and with the trees, um, and and the question is, how do you translate that feeling into your store? In today's environment, what do people need? So in your mind, you've got your thank you space. Think about what it has in it. Mine has a lot of green. Mine has a lot of air. Um, I want to bring those elements in. So how do we translate that into this box that you've drawn on your piece of paper? How do you take your thank you space? What do people need? Do they need space to breathe, to look at pools of light? Do they need to bring the outside in and see freshness and, and flowers and, and plants? Do they, uh, what do they need to feel engaged? Um, Christine, Kate Hooley, and um, uh, Allie of Still North Books, you know, recently crafted a thank you space. And they had to think in the midst of, of, of what we're going through about the arrival space and a place to breathe and how this would look. And when they started the plan, we didn't have a pandemic. And as they, as they did the plan and thought about uh, seating areas and such, they had to rethink some of what they were doing. But they did create a thank you space. So they, this big table obviously works differently now, but the wall on the right-hand side with the, the circle is a beautiful place to shop with your eyes. Uh, and the place feels clean and aligned and easy to shop. So um, it's possible. I love the pendant lights. I, I like the colors. It's a soothing space. We, can, we need that space right now um, to say, hey, we're all thinking about this in the same way or we're, we're in alignment. Ah, I read a book um, like five seconds at a time during this, this time uh, by Daniel Pink. Uh, when, love this book. Uh, and in the, 
almost toward the end, the very end, is a, is a powerful concept called sinking or alignment. And he talks about things like rowing or making dinner as a family and how we need, or singing in a choir, how we need that feeling of being in sync and being in alignment. So the tough question is, how aligned are you as a staff? How aligned are you with your customers? And how is that alignment reflected in your merchandising and in your storytelling? It, you can't be perfect because none of us can. It's being aligned and in sync is a practice, just like rowing is a practice. Um, and we're, we're in various stages of it. We're somewhere between we're all in this together and misaligned, this whole PPP, PPE disconnect that we have. Um, what's beautiful is to watch folks like Donna and Story and Song uh, talk about what's important to us right now and how they do it. Um, what messages do we want to give to customers? What do our customers need from us right now? I think right now my, my, my Millie needs to be let in, but that's not going to happen. Um, but what messages do we want to give customers and, and how are we doing that on our Facebook um, messages? How, how are we creating this alignment out there? Um, mainly, what do customers need to hear from you right now? Because creating that safe space is a lot about perception. It's a lot about the words that we use. Um, we've got beautiful words in the books and that creating that space. It also requires editing rigor, um, facilitating an experience by taking things away. I'm really bad to want to put everything on a table. Um, and the rigor is about taking things away so that you tell good stories so that it makes sense. Um, you have to be able, folks of wonder did a beautiful job on this one. Uh, and, uh, I, and I've forgotten who the attribution is for the other, but it's, they're both, it's easy to see this is a story of, of Sesame Street and Cookie Monsters and Elmo and Abby and all those. You can see the connection easily and at a glance. Um, so the rigor question is how do, you, how do you have the stamina to have the rigor to really facilitate storytelling in your display? Um, here's a great one that I... I love this one and how the bugs and the fish and the dinosaurs, but look at the greenery there and look at the plushes and how it reads top to bottom. You can see, you can, you can see a lot of books at one time and it just feels nice. Um, and I think that's the kind of experience we've got to create in this moment to really engage and be better um, than we've ever been. Uh, there's three really good store, stories here told in display. Um, but think about storytelling like an author would think about storytelling. And you can't tell everyone's story. You just need to tell someone's story. One story. It's so much more powerful than if you're trying to tell everyone's story. And if you've got slat wall, like on the right, you can tell a story of, you know, that has cards and books and, and tea and, and, and tell that story. Or in the middle, if you've got a tabletop and you want to tell a story for two people on an island, then you've got that story to tell. Um, you want to create energy with your story that it sparkles, enlightens, quiets, and soothes. I've wondered why this phrase, why now? We're in this together. We're in this together. Uh, even our even our technology says, you are connected. We need connection. And if there's one bit of encouragement I can offer you uh, from a Franklin Fixture standpoint, we've never had been busier. Uh, there is such confidence 
in the the community I think uh, in libraries and bookstores in college stores and in museums um, those who are are acting with confidence they're, they're, there's a lot of it because we recognize that though we've found really cool ways to be connected here we also have um, a need to be connected physically so couple of energy questions for you, thought questions. How would you describe the energy that emanates from your space online? And how about in store? How does that compare? Are you in alignment? Um, I asked that question myself and found that we weren't. We create spaces, but online it looks like we create fixtures. And um, I wanted to convey something different, so we're working on that. What's the energy and experience you're after? Um, and how are you crafting that? And can your displays and how can your displays and staff create that energy? Uh, Dave and I were talking about this and, and he had the insight that we are the energy. We bring the energy. There has to be a kind of energy and a kind of safety and security for these two youngsters to feel comfortable sitting in the floor reading a book uh, for that to be okay. And today they're going to probably be wearing a mask. Um, but it's it's the energy and with the mask it's a different energy but perhaps it's a moment of interior energy you know the the experience of being with a book is a sacred personal experience and by shutting off all of the need to talk and the communication with the masks maybe we're creating something even better a place of privacy for someone to really look at books in peace and 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 to really spend the time that they need to spend as a moment of interiority, um, like you're seeing here. Um, we've had this in the past. We will have this in our present and future. So uh, looking at energy and thinking purposefully about energy and how you create it um, and what energy experience you're after. Dave and I found this fun at, at uh, Story and Song. Someone had done this beautiful art, but it, it, it conveyed the kind of energy you can display and craft your energy here is exactly the same fixture um, merchandised lightly admittedly in two different ways but it has a very different energy right and left um, based on what's there so think about the light think about the face out the energy the organization symmetry creates an energy um, as well as color and and literal and virtual life pictures of flowers create an energy into your display they light it up they make it feel safe and fresh and and new we're in the summertime this is a this is a time that feels safe and celebratory um, and there's a practical energy on on the face outs too with the color this is a good example because it looks bad <laughs> and and it, it's fair it, it, we actually created it we had tornadoes March 3rd that were quite uh, quite uh, a big deal here and uh, our wonderful bookstore community sent us books that we could distribute to folks. And um, I was just so incredibly touched by this. But we, we took those books and put them into shelves in, in our break area to be able to sort them out. And um, I took a picture of this because it doesn't look very purposeful. It wasn't. Um, but this is not about the number of books. It's really about how you use those shelves and tell the stories. Uh, and speaking of energy, uh, you have to be given a money tree, I'm told, but I, we were given one and it was quite small. And uh, when COVID hit, it literally lost all its leaves. Um, and this is it today. It's looking nice. I hope that's pretentious of good things. Uh, not only for, for Franklin, of course, but for each of us in this community. Uh, I really believe 
that good things are in store, that look at the way folks have, have flocked to bookstores during this moment. So a, a brief review of the CARE model is about crafting, being purposeful about that thank you space, aligning with each other, with the staff. What are we about? What are we saying in this moment? Addressing your shelves with rigor and, and being intentional about the energy. Your fixtures have superpowers to help you create that energy with angle vision, waist-high tables, and, and display power wall systems with color flow and mobility for space transformation. Remember this Lean Six Sigma and the Eight Waste and uh, a good way to investigate, be more productive in your online fulfillment. And the Big Safety Three, approach and flow, touch points, and service points. How people get to your store, how they feel about it before they get in their car, before they drive to your, your, your destination. They need to have a good feeling that they're going to a good place that is thought about them. Um, and remembering that our needs, your needs have a hierarchy and theirs do too. So I have always thought I was helping people live their best lives and uh, being in situations the past five years as an owner of the company and, and, and you know this truth deeply that uh, you can't go on vacation from this. You can't leave this. It's in your head. It's in your heart all the time. And your customers are coming in in exactly the same way. So um, let's be patient with each other and, and remember that we're addressing those physiological and safety needs uh, first, because without them, we can't do any of the rest. Um, so think about your place. And I, I, my challenge to you is to pick one thing, only one thing that you want to try, um, that you want to try to do differently or think about differently. And you heard Millie at the door a minute ago. She wanted to know if you have questions, and so do I. So I see there's three on here. Um, the vendors doing custom masks, uh, Callie, I, I, I found a couple online and Joy in our organization can send you a couple of links um, and I'll be glad to, to do that. Uh, we can also post it. Um, and cash payments, does that make your store look reckless? Whew. What do you think? Um, I, I think we have to recognize sometimes that cash payment is the only way someone can pay. Um, and, and so there's a, a reality of that. So if we accept cash payments, I think we have to do that in a very um, purposeful way. I mean, I, know, I think you really have to think through how you, how you handle cash and what you do before and after and, and being very intentional about that. Um, images of stores that have been retrofitted with the COVID with sneeze guards, signage, and one-way aisles, et cetera. Actually, no. I don't, but I would love some. And I'm, I, we are in, I'm in the best learning position in the country because in my opinion, or one of them, Heather would, Heather's probably in a better one, but I, we, we get to work with eight to 10 stores across the country every month. And we get to see so many great ideas. And in doing this workshop, I'm hoping that um, you'll show me some images and I can show others what others are doing because that's really the kind of connection that we're trying to create specifically around the physical store. Um, so we, we actually, we've got several that are in place, but uh, I'm not sure where. Uh, I'm going to turn back on my, off my mic and clear so I can hear Heather again. <laughs> so I, I see you. I can't hear you yet. That's because I was still muted. <laughs> there you go. Okay. 
Um, I'm interested, Kelsey just asked the group if um, anyone was accepting cash payments and the response was once one person was, you know, no, but they've made a few exceptions. One person is yes. So I would say um, if that's a really interesting question. Um, yes. And I feel like Lisa's point would be so well taken that some people don't have credit and some people don't have the ability to pay any other way besides cash. So that's a good thing for us to be thinking about. I will do a little research on that myself and set, see if I can send some stuff out to, um, to the group. Um, it looks like we might have another question, Lisa. Let's see what that is. Uh, author events. Uh, that is a good question. Um, Lisa, do you, have you heard about any stores that are doing in-store author events yet? I know I've heard of a couple. Uh, well, a couple, um, but very small, distant author events. I, I, I think at this moment, we've, we've seen more success with the online collaboration and author events. And what I've seen there is an astounding uh, level of participation and kind of a, a new find for um, someone being in the store. Brookline Booksmith did, um, oh, and I, I'm going to forget all of the, the names. They were on a different platform and they, they partnered with two or three other stores or one other store. And um, they did a beautiful event and the, it was from in-store. And I think they, they had an amazing attendance that was exponentially more than they would have had in-store. So um, I think that's, our stores right now are not going to be event spaces until we have more confidence about what that looks like, you know, until we see events elsewhere. Um, but Leora, that op opens a whole new thing. Yeah. It does. And Leora, I would say in answer to your specific question, I don't think it's too early to think about it, um, to start thinking about how to host an event in your store because when those are coming, I mean, it depends on where you live. Um, there are some states in our region that are not going to be ready to be doing that because their COVID numbers are going up dram dramatically every day. But there are some states in our region where that is not the case and they're going down and the safety measures are much different. So mm -hmm. the stores that I've seen online that have hosted in-store events, um, you know, of course, everyone has a mask, the lines, you know, they're socially distancing inside the store or they've done them outside at a- Outside, yeah. Outside. Um, everyone is masked. And so I think it's, well, if the question is, is it too early to think about it? I think, no, it's never too early to start thinking about it. Well, and, and that's been our observation. Dave and I were talking about the, the idea that it felt like everybody, um, we all kind of, and I'll include ourselves, we all kind of went into a stunned sleep for a, a few weeks and, you know, how do we survive this and what's it going to mean and what do we do? And, um, and you know, hindsight being 2020, you know, it, it, the 1st of June, a lot of people said, I want everything by July 1st, you know, I mean, so I think it's never too early to think through what you want your future to look like. Um, and the outdoor events, I, I will say this on the fixture and physical things. If you develop a reputation of, of an organization that is being cognizant and careful about keeping people safe, and, and that's what you're really doing, then you'll be able to kind of lead the way in among the society that cares about that. And the physical fixtures if they tell good stories, they can really help with, with sales. If you do an outside event and people coming in and masks, I mean, I think we need to find ways to do events and then to bring them into the store so that they can browse safely and, and really 
um, we're depending on events differently. Right. So the store has to carry more weight. Uh, Lisa, there is another question that came into the chat that was, um, she would like to know where to get the antimicrobial laminate. So if you have a link that you could send her for more information or put in the chat for more information, or if you want me to just send an email out, we'd love to be able to make that available to everyone. Yeah, the, well, typically they're sold through anybody who does, um, Wilson Art and Formica are, site, are sites you can Google and you can just Google the word antimicrobial laminate and you'll see all the choices, but I'll be glad to um, post, um, I can't type easily here, but I can that <laughs> wilsonart.com and you type antimicrobial and you'll see some of the things. We also have on our website and Franklin Fixtures, we have a, um, a connect that has about three pages on the antimicrobial, um, all the spec sheets and information. You can get it with anyone who is making things, you know, making countertops or otherwise, um, and we're happy to make them um, as well. But uh, it, it's it's a it was kind of a neat aha because it was it was like you know this is this is an easy fix for a lot of places. Tabletops that are now you know if you change out the tabletop and keep the base and just put a new top or a new top on the, the existing top and say with a little sign this is an antimicrobial. It it truly will protect everybody who's working with that space and hopefully help people open back up. That's great. Yeah. Really great. All right. Is there any more questions before we wrap up? Um, I'm seeing in the chat. Let's see. Um, oh, someone said about the cash. Yes, to be very mindful about hand sanitizer after touching cash, which that's great. Having hand sanitizer at your counters obviously will let your customers um, use that before touching their cash and also, you know, back and forth. Um, uh, let's see. I will say to our group um, that's online that someone posted that Meba and Gleba did a presentation about online author events yesterday, which I, I'm sure that there's a link to that on their websites, which we can make available. But I do want to just emphasize that all of the programming that um, MPIBA is putting out for our booksellers is available to every region's booksellers, and that is vice versa. So um, if you're ever seeing um, Siba or Miba or Gleba or Kaliba and any of the, the, the associations putting on something, um, please feel free to attend those things. All of us are being very, um, of course, sharing with our programming. So, um, yeah. okay. Well, and we, we did, uh, I did, I did five workshops for Book Expo that were around fixtures and around safety and some of these topics. And I think those are still on the Book Expo website. They're also on our website. So if there's more information, if you want to, those are each about 45 minutes and there, and there are five of them. They all have a deeper dive and my email here, I, you know, I welcome individual things I'm learning and we're all learning together. I, what I love most about being in this community and being a part of this community is what you just said, Heather, the way everyone shares things. And, um, because we're really not in it for ourselves. We're really in it to create a better better society, a better space to live in and for all of us. And thank you for this summer camp. I haven't been to summer camp since eighth grade, so I love it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It, it, it's good to have fun ideas in this moment. Yeah. Thank you very much for being here for this wonderful presentation. It will be, as I said to, in, to earlier in the chat, um, Lisa's presentation will be live on our website, um, the recording 
for anyone to reference in the future and for everyone who wasn't able to join us today. So Lisa, thank you again. Thanks to Franklin Fixtures. And thanks for everyone who could be here today. We appreciate it.